Life is full of events that leave you stiff, sore, tight. Think of the feeling you get after a good stretch. Looser, lighter, maybe even happier. Let's lengthen our perspective in life and celebrate our accomplishments together. The Buff First Stretch podcast isn't just all about fitness. It's about actual people who are bettering their lives in our collective community. It's about coming together and getting inspired in your own life. It's for people who want to stretch their mind, body, and soul by tapping into their own potential and self-worth. And really cool down after the episode with a brief meditation that ties together the theme. Just a reminder, but first stretch. Hi everyone, welcome back to But First Stretch. Uh, This is Jen McCracken, and this week has definitely been an array of emotions, I think, for people across America, and I'd love to hear and continue to see all the posts that you put up about the inauguration, our democracy. It's all just, I think, great stuff to push us forward, and Today, I'm so excited to introduce our guest. She's coming on to discuss motherhood, yoga, and community. Our guest of the week is Allison Gold Russell, a yoga instructor through Yoga Home. Allison is very involved in our community and is a treasured friend of mine. I am so honored to have her on the podcast today. Allison is my friend's soulmate, I think you could say. We met at the University of Pittsburgh. I would say we were friendly. We dated guys in the same fraternity, who we didn't marry, by the way, and we ran into each other a lot in the elevator in our sorority building, Amos Hall. In 2011, when we had both moved to the, back to the eastern side of the state, I decided I wanted to train for the Marine Corps Marathon through team and training. It's a really great program. You can raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And it really just made the marathon so special. Training for a cause is always a really great way to give back. However, guess who was my mentor? Allison. We both were certified to teach yoga through the Beyond Asana teacher training, led by Brittany Policastro and Mara Monzo, a year apart. Of course, we both ended up in Conshohocken, on the same street, by coincidence, for a while. We got married within a year of each other had our babies around the same time. We also both received ambassadorships to take a kid's yoga teacher training through Yoga Home and Next Generation Yoga a few months apart. It's always great to plan and create with Allison, and I'm just so blessed to have a friend like her. In fact, right now we're working on doing a joint kids yoga class for a local elementary school for Kindness Week, and It's really just so fun, again, to have that time to talk, text, call, and plan. After having her first daughter, Allison decided to put a pause on her traditional 9-to-5 career while her kids were still young. Lucky for us, Allison put her teaching talents to work and began to teach prenatal, postnatal, and kids yoga. Currently, Allison teaches little yogis through the Kanchi Library and Yoga Home, on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. through the month of January. So if you haven't taken that class yet, I highly suggest you do it, especially if you have a kid who is walking to kindergarten. It's so fun. My kids love it. And she teaches prenatal yoga 
Tuesday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Beginning next month in February, Allison will be offering a postnatal yoga series through Yoga Home on Wednesday evenings at 7.30 p.m. And I had the fortune to take her postnatal class a few times before the pandemic happened. And I will say it's truly special. And even though it'll be via um, our yogahome.com and Namastream, she will truly make it special. So definitely if you know someone who's just had a baby, it might be a really nice gift to give them too. Allison currently lives in Conshohocken area with her partner James and their two daughters. Let's stretch our mind, body, and soul. Hi, Allison. Welcome. Hi. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background? Where are you from? How did you get into teaching yoga? So I am originally born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we moved to the Philadelphia area when I was three years old. So I grew up, I went to Radnor High School and then moved on to the University of Pittsburgh where you and I met, where our story began. Um, So for me in college, I started, uh, I found yoga actually through Amazing Yoga a wonderful yoga studio owned by the Connollys in in Pittsburgh. And I started doing yoga my sophomore year. And for me at that time, it was a workout. It was, I was doing a power flow, a Baptiste style power flow class, um, an hour and 25 minutes, I think it was, no music, 95 degrees, mat spaced two inches apart. It was wonderful. It was how I started to learn for myself to get into my body in a different way. Uh, Fast forward a few years, my sister had trained for the Walt Disney World Marathon, and I witnessed her do it through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team and training and knew that I had to do it too. So the two of us trained for the San Francisco Women's, Nike Women's Marathon in San Francisco. And it was at that time that I realized how much yoga was complementing training for a marathon. And so those for me then went hand in hand, like moving forward in my life, it was always yoga and running. I was a cross country runner in high school and it, it just started to make sense. I remember my mom took me to my first yoga class ever in high school. I think I went with her and I didn't like it. And I said, I'm not doing yoga. Uh, So then go to college and fell in love with it. And it then became part of my life. Um, I ended up moving to Stanford, Connecticut after college and was completely disconnected from the yoga practice and then moved back to Philadelphia. My job transferred me at the time um, back to the Philadelphia area where I got to move in with my parents at, at 22 years old, which was at the time, I hated it, and now I'd probably give anything to move back in with my parents <laughs> again. Um, and I re—I found the yoga practice again. At the time, it was Raya um, in Conshohocken, and I had just moved out of my parents' house into Conshohocken and found a Tuesday night practice that I fell in love with. Um, and from there, that was 10 years ago. And uh, Marissa Pano was my first teacher in the Philadelphia area. Raya then um, shifted into, it closed, and then Yoga Home opened in that same space, which is where I, I, I truly believe, like, my um, 
yoga, yoga home for me has been a, a different chapter in my life completely in terms of socially, um, spiritually for me, uh, my life, my friends, my, my children's friends, um, has everything's kind of evolved from, uh, relationships that were born out of through yoga home. And I got certified to teach yoga because I loved doing it so much I wanted to teach it. I was certified through the Beyond Asana Yoga Teacher Training in 2014. Um, at the time, that was marrying my love of travel with, uh, with yoga and also putting yoga into the service aspect of my life and marrying yoga with service and putting that into action, which was, um, a, a huge part of my life in taking a trip to Malawi through, um, the organization build on. So kind of the rest is history with, with yoga in my life and teaching it and it being part of my life and, um, the community that I'm in. And that's where I find myself now. Wow, there's so many even parallels with like Raya and amazing yoga in our lives. I know. <laughs> um, I know. How about um, prenatal and kids yoga? How did you get into those teaching those, being part of those programs? Yeah, so prenatal yoga was uh, for me in my – before I learned how to teach it and before I was certified to teach it, it was a – vital part of a huge piece of my my pregnancy puzzle with uh upon getting pregnant with my first daughter um so in 2016 was when I started taking uh, prenatal yoga at yoga home and that's when I decided to then get certified to teach that as well uh I absolutely adore teaching this population um now that I've you know, I, I went through teacher training for prenatal while pregnant with my firstborn, and then I got to teach prenatal while pregnant with my second daughter, uh, which was really special to be actually in my own body, in my own pregnancy, and being able to teach. And at the time, more than 50% of the classroom also were friends that I had made from my first pregnancy, too. So that was a, that was a really special experience for me. So that's how I got into teaching prenatal. And then I wanted to teach postnatal naturally after my first was born. Um, and then getting into kids yoga naturally as <laughs> my children then started to grow was certified or yeah, was certified to teach kids yoga through next generation yoga when my oldest daughter was around nine months old. And then I started teaching our little yogis program at yoga home soon after that. And so my, my niche where I love to teach kids right now is the walkers to pre-K, but I think that's because I have two in that exact age category. So what I'm most excited to see is as my kids grow, if my interest uh, to teach an older uh, age group with them will, will come. I, I have a feeling that the answer to that is it will, because I'm just going to want to continue to do yoga with them as they get older, so. I love that. And what's the most rewarding part of your job? I would have to say the community that I am part of and the community that I have helped build. Uh, through my relationships over the past four and a half years since 
becoming pregnant. Um, my relationship over the last 10 years since relocating back to Philly and reconnections most, you know, with you especially, but a lot of the, a lot of the relationships in my life have stemmed through yoga. And then when yoga became my job, when I left, I think it's a temporary leave, but when I left my traditional nine to five career and yoga is now where and how I spend most of my time when I'm away from my children, um, it is that I keep coming back to the community. I come back to the students that show up every week in my prenatal classes in a virtual environment. I, you know, we're about to launch a postnatal yoga series through Yoga Home, and it's those same community members and the village that we've built that are going to show back up, show up again on the other side. So uh, it, it's pretty powerful. The relationships, I would have to say, is the most rewarding part of my job, which it, it would not be a surprise for me because if anyone knows me, I'm, I'm a huge relationship person, and I love that's That's what fills my cup. So what's been the most challenging? Uh, I feel like just in COVID right now, there's so many things. If you would have asked me this question a year ago, it'd be a very different answer. Um, If relationships and connections are what's most rewarding, I would say the most challenging thing, one of the most challenging things right now is, is establishing and maintaining those connections. I would have to say that I am super proud of the students in in reference to my teaching yoga virtually. I am super impressed with the students that continue to show up and the students that are holding themselves and each other accountable for showing up every week in a virtual setting. It's hard when you're in your own house to say, I'm going to put everything on pause right now and I'm going to turn my phone off and I'm going to shut my computer off. Well, you don't shut your computer off because you're joining virtually (laughs) through your computer, but you know what I mean with shutting everything else off and giving yourself that space and that time. Um, For me, it's challenging to give myself that right now on a personal level to give myself that time away from everything else. If it doesn't have to do with my kids or my husband or my job, it's, it's really hard to even do that. Um, And then something that I always go back to, that's what's the most challenging if we weren't in a pandemic, uh, and I don't know if this will resonate with listeners too, is like knowing that, and this is always something I've struggled with. So I go back to uh, when I was in elementary school and I was in high school and a little window into me is, you know, I always struggled with learning on the, the the mainstream, the main way that, that people learn. Um, I'm not going to call it a deficit and I'm not going to call it a learning issue. It was just different than how everyone, how a lot of other students around me learned it still is something that I struggle with. Like, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I, am I worthy enough of stepping into teaching every week, teaching, teaching the populations that I teach? Um, and I, I remember when I had, when I was at my old job, I had a post-it on my computer that said, I am enough. And that's Mm -hmm. a reminder of every single day of just like, the fact that I have to remind myself is something else. But, um, you know, that's definitely more challenging, especially in a virtual setting when, when you're not getting as much feedback. I'm not getting the feedback that I used to get in the classroom in terms of, does that feel good? Oh, no, that doesn't. Okay, let's switch that up. It's a little bit different now um, from a virtual perspective, but good challenges and challenges that I'm used to. I love it. How many, how, who else needs a post-it that says I'm enough? 
Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. Everyone get a post-it and put it on your computer. I am enough. Take a Sharpie, write it on your forehead. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to dive into the workout portion. And my first question is, what's your favorite class, yoga class to take? Hmm. What's funny is, for me, it's like, what's my most favorite class to take is also, a, it's such a different answer than what's the one that I need. <laughs> because my first, my first thing is like, what do, what I need would probably be, and if you know me, and for anyone that knows me, slowing down is really, really hard for me. Getting quiet is really hard for me. So what I probably need is more restorative and yin. Uh, what I love is uh, of a more active vinyasa. Uh, it gets me completely out of my head, gets me completely into my body. I miss the Saturday morning classes in studio where I had 90 minutes of don't bother me because this is where I am. And I miss that. I miss my Tuesday nights where I could give that to myself. Um, and I know I'll get it again. I know we're all, we'll all get it again. And now it just takes more discipline in order to get it. But um, I love a really good vinyasa that gets a little confusing, that gets you into poses that kind of like, how did I get here? <laughs> That's a really good class. And you're so out of your head that you have no idea how you got to where you were. So. And what's your favorite class to teach? Oh, I don't have a favorite. Uh, I feel really lucky right now, right now in particular, to be teaching the classes that I'm, I adore. I adore teaching prenatal. I adore teaching kids. Um, it's, you know, a little hard to, to teach it when you're not with your students in like the physical space of it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love teaching the, the populations that I'm teaching right now. And, and vinyasa, I will return to. I have not been able to teach. I was supposed to return to teaching vinyasa after my second was born. And uh, that was pre-pandemic. And then pandemic hit. And here we are. So I will I will get back to, for those who are listening who have been in my mm -hmm. vinyasa classes, I will make a promise that I will come back to teaching that. So I love it. And how special is it that even now you have the option to take a postnatal class, like super important, so special. I'm really, really looking forward to this to, because we've watched, we've watched so many students now pass through prenatal and have their children and now say, all right, for multiple reasons, I need to get back into my body. I need to reconnect to other people. I need to do something without baby, although there are plenty of opportunities and wonderful opportunities to practice with baby. And I believe in that too. I'm really looking forward to connecting with our postnatal students it, just to reconnect and, and to bring them back um, and, to, and to learn, as you know, um, the bodies that we have after having children, after um, caring for children. They are different bodies than what they were before. So postnatal is a, it really gives, I, my hope is that it gives students an opportunity to explore and uh, to take a good look at and to, to understand their, their bodies in a new way. 
So you kind of answered this question a little bit, but maybe you can add on to it. How has the pandemic shaped how you teach? How has it changed your instruction? I feel like I have to be so much more specific with my wording and my cueing. Uh, there's, I found myself in a few times of like, I, I know that I've explained it and I know it might make sense to me. And if someone were to look up at their screen, they might be able to figure out what we're doing because they can see what I look like. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what just came out of my mouth. Uh, so, you know, being really succinct and being very clear with cueing. Uh, and, you know, with, with, I think with, with teaching now virtually, it's really hard. You know, I, I still strive to have shares in the beginning of my classes. I think that that's really important. Who are you? Where are you practicing from? And how do you feel today? And what do you need? Those are still really important questions that I want to ask. That's not enough time for me to understand. Have you been on your mat before? When's the last time you practiced? Um, what are you coming with you to practice? You know, what are you carrying with you to practice that would be helpful for me to know? It, there's just not enough time, unfortunately. And there's there's not that 10 minutes before class waiting in the hallway and the 10 minutes after class to, to, to get that information or to continue to build the relationship. So my, you know, I have to be very clear and unfortunately have to be kind of quick with things just because time is, uh, time is of the essence when, when you're teaching. And so that has definitely been a shift, not to say that I, I, I hope that my cueing was pretty clear and specific <laughs> in studio. Uh, but I think that that's definitely been, um, that's been, that's changed my instruction. And then I think it's really interesting to take class while I teach it. I'm not used to taking, I mean, I got a little taste of it in prenatal when I was pregnant because I got to do a lot of the poses with, with my students. I think that that is a huge change though, to be teaching all 60 minutes while taking it. Mm -hmm. And so before I, you know, I could, it's a little different. I can do a pose this now and say, wait a minute, that doesn't work. I'm doing it with you guys. This is not, this, this doesn't feel good for me either. Uh, so maybe that's not such a bad thing to be able to take class completely while, while teaching it too, but that's definitely been a change and a shift. Awesome. I think your cues have always been pretty on target. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> um, so what benefit have you seen from kids being involved in little yogis, the walking to kindergarten age? Uh, the gift of this is that I get to see it under my own roof. So I have, ever since my oldest daughter was a baby, I started deep breathing with her. Um, and I'm now watching it as total behavioral, a tool for us for behavioral management with her. Um, I'm watching it a little bit more with the baby, with the one-year-old. Um, but I think in watching my oldest as she's now, she just turned four, what we have done in the house and I, and I've watched actually, I've had the absolute privilege of teaching your kids as well. So I, I've, I've got to, to see Jen, your kids change and develop and grow with yoga as well. You know, I watched our two kids at one run in circles, <laughs> not follow a word, yet now it's proving, I'm, I've proven that they were listening mm -hmm. because they now know enough to put a lot of what they've learned over the last three years into practice. Um, and that, 
you know, it's, are they following every single word that I'm teaching? Absolutely not. And the, the purpose of a 30 minute kid yoga class now is not to follow everything. But if you walk away from my class with one tool as a caregiver, or you walk away with like one little nugget that you could use during a tantrum, uh, anything, really anything. Um, I, I, we, we use a lot of affirmations in our house. We do, I'm calm, I'm safe, I'm brave. And I, I've caught my daughter quite a few times in situations where she is out of her body afraid. And I have heard her under her breath say, I am calm, I am safe, I am brave. Um, that for me is, that that's the answer. Um, I just wish I had this when I was their age because I had enough behavioral stuff as a kid that I just, I, I, I wish I had had these tools. And, and so if I can give this, these, these gifts to the kids that I teach and the caregivers that are, you know, in relationship with the children that I teach, that is, that's, that's the gift. I love that. It's, it's awesome seeing them grow up this way. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's amazing. It's amazing. What suggestions do you have for beginners? So maybe someone who wants to get started in yoga and is nervous or hasn't done it yet. Just start. Um, I often say when I'm teaching, one of the hardest yoga poses to do is something that's different than everyone else in the class. Uh, I think that because ego, as ego often does, off of the mat or on your mat, and for speaking from experience, ego can get in the way. Will I be good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I flexible enough? Enough, enough. Um, I think showing up is one of, just starting is one of the hardest things. Um, you know, for anyone that is trying to run a race, just put your shoes on and go. You know, like do one minute, then do two minutes then do three minutes and you'll be amazed to see that you might get up to that race distance. And I feel like yoga is no different. Get on your mat and start to move your body. And I think the hardest part in beginning a yoga practice is just allowing yourself or giving yourself enough space and enough room to just explore, understanding that it's a practice. It's going to take time. It is a practice that is not meant to be perfected because as the body changes, as we age, my yoga practice right now is completely different than it was at 22 years old. I will tell you that. Um, and it's a large part because I've birthed two children. I am older. My body is different. I have a considerable amount of stuff going on in my body. And this is where I am in my yoga practice. This is where it is. Um, and so the acceptance piece of, of showing up and, and how you show up that day, I think is a huge piece of it, but it's showing up. It's just starting. Just, just start. I love it. Just do it. Just start. And I have to ask, how is running going? Do you have another uh, marathon in your near future? <laughs> so I want the number five. So I've done four in my life. I've done four marathons. Uh, my most recent marathon was in 2012, if that just shows you. <laughs> you know, the Chicago Marathon, which was right after doing New York. Um, I do not run for time. I run, call me crazy, because I find it fun, although you are the same way. 
And that's why I adore you so much too. Um, so I want number five and sometime in my life, I will get there for now. I'm sticking with 20 and 30 minute runs when I can. It's been a very long time since I had some pelvic stuff going on right now. So I'm giving running a little bit of a break, uh, which is where, you know, strength training and yoga is really, really on the forefront right now of my everyday. Um, and then I might stick with halves because recovery for me, half marathons, it's so much easier on my body. Um, I did the Philly half a few years ago and I actually loved every mile. I had fun and it wasn't like, you know, after 13, I had 13 more to go. So, um, Hold, please continue to check back in with me on that question. And please ask me when number five is coming because I want it sooner than later. <laughs> uh, post pandemic, I, I would like to start that. I would like to look forward to that after the pandemic, after we get through this. So, yeah, that Philly half marathon is my favorite half course. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never have to do anything a second time. You just, once you're done it, you're done it and out and back. So, yeah. <laughs> So how can people get in contact with you? What are your social media handles? So you can find me. I don't have a huge social media presence personally. Uh, Yoga Home does quite a few highlights of the work that I'm doing. So if you went to ouryogahome.com, you would find all of the programs that I'm offering through them. Um, Personally, I'm at Allison Gold Russell on Instagram. And then you can find me on Facebook too with with just my name for now, for now, we'll see what, what the future holds in terms of making my social media, uh, presence more robust. So more to come there. (laughs) So I'm going to ask my three wrap up questions that I ask everyone. What are stretches you are doing in your own life? Every single morning I wake up my first thing that I do, a good friend of mine said, and I'm trying to put this into practice is you put your feet on the floor and you say, thank you three times. So that is something I am trying to do. Just being grateful for, for my breath every day, being grateful for being alive. And I lemon in my water to start my day, um, is something, even if I don't want to drink it, I, chug it down. I feel like that's like, then I can start the day knowing, yes, I've gotten my eight ounces of water, my first round of water in. So, um, that's a really important stretch for my, to start my day is, is my lemon water. And what is something you are enjoying doing in your life for you? Jen, I bake challah now. I bake challah. If you would have asked me a year ago, (laughs) If I would ever bake my own challah. So my daughter is at a Jewish preschool in our area and Shabbat, which is on Friday evening throughout Saturday in the, in the Jewish faith, while I was not raised in celebrating Shabbat regularly, it has become a regular thing. And so every single Friday we celebrate Shabbat, we do a small service in our house. And that's something that, um, as a family, I'm, I'm super loving and I'm, I'm loving watching my four-year-old be the one that leads us in services. So if anyone ever wants to connect with me for Shabbat services, know that I have a four-year-old little mini rabbi canter who is leading services throughout, uh, from our home. But I used to buy my follow every Friday I would buy it. And finally in pandemic, I said to my mom who we were, we were 
briefly living with my parents while we were building our new home. I said, mom, we have to start baking. And this was the boom where you couldn't find the yeast, you couldn't find flour, (laughs) it was impossible. So um, now that there's no longer a yeast shortage um, and I have perfected the recipe, I can now now bake challah and it turn out like, and and it looks and tastes pretty good. I'm, I'm really proud of myself, so. I love just baked it. for today. I know. I just, I'm not a baker. I don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> yeah. So awesome. I love that. And yeah. something you can't stop talking about. <laughs> so this is funny. I feel like it's the coronavirus. It's like you're no longer saying, <laughs> and that's not really my answer, but the first honest answer is like, it's no like you're no longer asking people, how's the weather We're not talking really about the weather anymore. We just talk about the coronavirus. But um, aside from that, I feel like I'm constantly talking about um, when I get into a TV show that I love, um, Netflix, when I, you know, we we blew through the Queen's Gambit, which was pretty, pretty great. Bridgerton, which is a whole separate conversation. (laughs) Um, Great show, but for another podcast um <laughs> this is us my my husband and i love watching um and there's rumors of mad men returning which we're pretty excited possibly for a season eight which would be really great but uh and i also feel like when i listen to a podcast that i love i feel like i then for at least the next few days or weeks talk about it and try to get everyone that i know to listen to it uh, my, my most recent one, I listened to Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, this past weekend with her interview with Tim Ferriss and Dak Shepard. Really good listen. I think I would recommend it for everyone to listen to. Uh, but one of the key takeaways is they, they asked each other, uh, each other questions. What's a bumper sticker that you see? There was something like that. And I think it was Tim Ferriss. One of them said, uh, what you think of me is none of my business. And that stuck with me of like, I think the pandemic has done something very interesting because we're not, you know, socially involved in person with as many people. We're doing a lot more on social media. We're doing a lot more behind our screens. Um, And it's kind of showing up in public differently. We're not physically in public space right now. We're doing everything virtually. So I'm sure for everyone, it's showing up differently, but you know, what you think of me is none of my business. And I, I keep going back to that of just living authentically. Who am I? What do I enjoy? What do I love? All of that. Um, and so once they said that this past week, and I was like, well, I'm just going to write that down. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over again, because I think it's, it's, it's pretty awesome in reminding you of just like, stay your path. And, um, make sure that you're filling your cup now with things that are worthy of your love and your time or worthy of my love and my time and my attention. And, uh, which is even harder now and doing so much virtually. And when I see my friends, it's making, you know, the, the time that I take to see my friends and when I see them and how I see them, it's making sure that I take the, that time is precious time. Who am I going to spend it with? How am I going to spend it? Um, so think that that answers the question I could go on and on and on (laughs) I'm a talker what is something I can't stop talking about I talk all day (laughs) for everyone that knows me (laughs) um and I'm super excited for our cool down meditation I asked Allison to lead and maybe to teach 
everyone one of, I think, my favorite things that you do in your kids' class, which is the high five breathing. And I'm going to let you do it and explain it. So, so excited. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. So we learned this in our family a few years ago. So it's it's sometimes called the starfish breath. I kind of like calling it the high five breath. Uh, so we're going to do that today together. You can do this whatever age that you are. This is a wonderful tool to get out of your head and into your body pretty quickly. And this is an incredible tool for little ones too. So um, for the big emotions that we are all feeling, I think that this is a, a great way of really being able to control the breath and focus in on one specific movement. And so we will do that together today. So we're going to take one of your hands and place it in front of the body and spread the fingers really wide. And so you can see the fingers trying to spread apart. You're going to take the pointer finger of the opposite hand and starting at the base of the thumb. And so on the outside of the thumb, on the inhale, you're going to take the pointer finger and trace the thumb up to the top of the thumb. That's the inhale. And on the exhale, the pointer finger is going to trace the inside of the thumb. All right, so you're just going to be tracing the hand. On the inhale, the pointer finger comes up the other pointer finger. On the exhale, trace it down. Inhale, finger lifts up the middle finger. And exhale, trace it down. Inhale, up through the ring finger. And exhale, down. And inhale for the pinky. And exhale, trace it down. And so you are welcome to continue to the opposite hand. You're, you're able to continue to do the same hand over and over again. But I hope you have all find that as just another tool to have, breathing exercise for you and all of those around you. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, and everyone listening, have a wonderful day.